When I was four years old, my dad brought home a golden retriever puppy named Jackson. And he was named that because his father was Jack, my uncle's dog, and we got him for free. And um, I don't know, I was only four, so I didn't know if there was any preparation for this. It was just all of a sudden, here was this puppy. And I went out to greet him and ran around to the backyard, and he chased me. And I fell over. He tripped me, and I immediately didn't like the dog. <laughs> it was, uh, I cried, and I thought, oh. But anyway, the dog was our family pet for 13 years. And when I was 17, he got sick. And um, we had to say goodbye to Jackson. And I remember that day very vividly because my mom was vacuuming the house furiously of all the dog hair. And she was crying. And I was kind of confused because my mom hated the dog. <laughs> she was always frustrated. He was dragging in uh, mud. His hair would get everywhere. Golden Retrievers shed constantly year-round. He was not the smartest dog. He, was, he chased his tail to the day he died. He was not very smart, and he would, uh, couldn't fetch. He, he would get in your way, but he was purely innocent and purely loving. All he wanted to do was to be around us. And that day, uh, my mom couldn't handle looking at the dog hair anymore because all she could think about was how mean she was to him. I mean, we weren't cruel to the dog, but you know how dogs are. They just always want to be included, and you're like, go away, go away. And all he wanted to do was just be with us, to love us, to be part of our family. And now he was gone. He's just a dog, and uh, I think about him often, but how much more do you think the people who loved Jesus and who really understood how much he loved them when he was gone were sad, deeply, deeply sad? This man who was utterly innocent, pure love himself incarnate, who had come to offer his friendship, healing, salvation. And how it's not enthusiastic our reception of him, or even our rejection of him. This day, Palm Sunday, we start with the procession in to commemorate the first day of Holy Week, when, when Jesus comes in uh, in triumph into Jerusalem, and everybody's singing, Hosanna to David, we're so glad you're here. And then inside of a week... <coughs> They're accusing him of blasphemy, of being a criminal. They're screaming, crucify him. And there he's hanging on a cross. And to the last moment, expressing his love for them. Saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What we see in the cross is the best by the best. It was more than any person could have imagined, even those who were privileged to have the Jewish revelation, the revelation of Yahweh, to understand who he was and, and what he was offering, what God wanted out of Israel was their obedience, their friendship, a covenant. In the old covenant, there were sacrifices, but they were always animals or things like from your crops, you know, cereal offerings, loaves of bread, things that we would offer to God and say, here's like, it's part of me. I want to thank you for giving me what you've given me, and so I'm, I'm going to give some of it back. Not because God's hungry for bread or goats or turtle doves, but it's at least something I can say like this. I want to offer what you've given me back, the things that you've given me to stay alive. I want to offer my life back to you. But all of those, they just, they never really cured the disease. They never really were the thing that God was after the whole time, which was us, our, our hearts, our lives. 
And so Jesus offers the perfect sacrifice himself. And before he does so, he leaves the Eucharist, the commemoration of his suffering and death. This is my body given for you. This is my blood that's shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this in memory of me. He gives us the best. But it's also by the best. It's not just any man. It's the incarnate Son of God, the eternal Word begotten by the Father, who was there at the beginning of the universe. We couldn't imagine someone so great doing something so great. But that's the depth of God's love for us, what we, com- what we me- commemorate and what we meditate on today. My grandfather died in 2015 after being married to my grandmother for 61 years. They had eight children. My mother was the oldest. Um, they lived through struggles and through joys. It was a long marriage, and the last five or six years of it, my grandfather suffered from really severe dementia. And it was difficult to love him because he would repeat the same thing over and over again. And he was always a kind of guy that was in control. And so he was, he was a football coach and a softball coach and a golf coach. Whatever you were doing, he could coach you and tell you how to do it better. So it was a little annoying to, to just constantly have him over your shoulder. But we loved him, and my grandma loved him. And uh, one day he had a stroke, and he could hardly speak. He hardly knew what was going on, and he was in the hospital. He received anointing of the sick. And my grandma, not knowing what to say to him to keep him kind of lucid, she just said, do you love me? And he looked at her right in the eyes. He said one word, completely. And he never said another word. That was it. He was on hospice for a couple more weeks after that. And then he died. And that's a beautiful memory that my grandma has and my mother has. She was there to witness it and many of her brothers and sisters. It's beautiful, but it's painful. The Song of Songs, King Solomon says, Stern as death is love. Stern as death is love. Has it ever occurred to you that the only reason you can be courageous is because you can be wounded? What makes you so great is that you can be hurt and nevertheless do what needs to be done. Has it ever occurred to you that the only way that you can really show you love someone is to suffer for them? And the deepest suffering of all is loss, is giving your life. Jesus said before he died, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down freely and I will take it up again. And no greater love has anyone than this, than to lay down your life for your friends. It's beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing in the world, but it's painful. And thanks be to God, we know that in a week, something good is going to happen and that there's hope in this suffering There's hope in this pain. But in order to understand the hope that we have, the depth of what we really need and want from God and what he desperately wants to give us, we have to enter into this suffering, this loss, this darkness, so that we can appreciate and we can see the great light and the great life that God wants to grant us. Today we look on the cross to look at what it cost God to love us.